Fratelloni's <laughs> Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, friends. Been there. Brings you a Hallmark number <laughs> of the or GL the podcast. Movie or what? No, what number 290. Hallmark oh, wow. presents 290. Garage Logic. December 20th, 2019. <laughs> 51 degrees on this day in 1967, and I remember that. Why? It's a good year. Oh. Uh, and 24 <laughs> below. and 1983? Uh, what? 24 below? Nope, 1916. Oh, damn. Yeah. damn. Oh, Why'd you take guess now? It's been 83 for the last uh, three days. Okay. I'd consider starting over if I were you. This is pretty sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it, Rook. It's Friday. And now, Play from the scramble mayor's right office, now. <laughs> above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, I have continued to explore this idea that I've come across over the last year. I'm trying to crystallize it, and that is I seriously believe that the government, the political class, uh, at any level, but most principally in Washington, D.C., they do exist in an America that they've created their own set of rules for. They're, they're, not, they're not aligned with us on Main Street America. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you just, bef- I'll just read you to the jump. I won't turn the page and read it, although I did read the whole thing. But here's the uh, play story in today's, Wall Street Journal. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi indicated Thursday that she would delay sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate without getting more clarity on the rules for President Trump's trial, potentially pushing the proceedings well into the new year and adding uncertainty and tension over the next steps in the process. Let me stop right there. It can be objectively pointed out that it was Pelosi and others in her camp who spoke of the tremendous urgency and quickness with yep. which this impeachment must take place. Yep. Okay, they did it. They wanted it done before Christmas. Fine. Deserves to be impeached. They did it. But now all of a sudden it's not an urgency. <laughs> now we can just, I'm going to delay here mm-hmm. till I get things the way I think I want them. So sure. the, the story, casual impeachment. The story continues. Mrs. Pelosi's comments drew condemnation from Republican lawmakers and President Trump, but the California Democrats said that she couldn't select impeachment managers without more details about the Senate's plans for the trial, which she said should be conducted in a manner that she considers fair. When we see the process that is set forth in the Senate, then we'll know the number of managers that we may have to go forward, and who will who will we choose, Mrs. Pelosi said, shortly before the House adjourned for the rest of the year. It's incomprehensible. So what she's doing is she's waiting to see if there's a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher, and she's setting the lineup. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a very... Fair analogy. Thank you. It's a fair analogy. Oh, she's not going to write her lineup card yet because she doesn't know who's pitching for the other club. Right. There you go. Uh, but the other club can then also uh, delay because they have created a world for themselves mm-hmm. that is quite literally unlike the world we must live in. And, and I've never been now more convinced of that or had my eyes open more than this. From the very two confusing articles I read today, it seemed like the House is trying to control the way the Senate is going to approach approach this. Right. 
And, and that's not their job. And witnesses they're going to call and evidence they're going to bring in, into play. What's the old saying about the Senate is the saucer and the Congress is the cup of coffee? Never you ever heard, heard that. that one? No, I have not. The, the, the Congress is a cup of coffee, and it sometimes it spills into the saucer, and it's the Senate's job to clean the saucer. Uh, something okay. like that. I think I might be getting it wrong. It's a long saying. It is. I, I'm sure I didn't get it right. Uh, Chris writes, and this I could have written this myself, so I must read it. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I find myself worried for this country as the impeachment moves forward. I'm a political fence straddler, typically wandering all over the ballot on election day. In a given day, it's not uncommon for me to be called a flaming lefty by the staunch right and a heartless trumper by the wide left. I can really identify with that. Yeah, yeah, you can. I really can identify with that. In reality, I'm neither. Your comments on the impeachment yesterday spurred these thoughts. Here's how I see it. The president deserves to be impeached. Credible witnesses, especially the ambassadors to Ukraine, have testified that he withheld substantial amount of approved funding from Ukraine in exchange for a political favor. This was a abuse of power. Unfortunately, the Democrats have cheapened and abused their own power by multiple unwarranted impeachment attempts and making their own disdain for the president so vocal that it's nearly impossible to take these proceedings seriously. That said, the articles of impeachment are serious and should be treated as such. Enter the Senate. A functional Senate would hold a fair, impartial trial. I read a fascinating article yesterday about the effort Trent Lott and Tom Daschle, two strong adversaries, made to hold a fair trial for the Clinton impeachment. There seems to be no indication that Senator McConnell has any intention of doing the same, and the prospects of he and Schumer working together on anything are grim. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At best, this only worsens the division in this country. Uh, a few, this, this could result in partisan impeachments, he said, it seems likely. The only hope I see on the horizon for the presidency lies in our home state when she's not in Iowa. I live in the most conservative part of Minnesota, but Amy Klobuchar still carries the vote here. She's a little left of my taste on some things, but she's the closest thing to a reasonable candidate we have. And after her debate performance last night, I have some hope that she could pull it off. We need to rally around the center in this country right now, and I think she could do it. With a functional president, that will just leave us with a dysfunctional Congress to worry about. I have nothing to offer on that. Merry Christmas and good luck, Chris. I have made, uh, I'm making really, really serious attempts now uh, to uh, get Amy Klobuchar to join us. And I've, I just, just prior to the show, I thought of another uh, contact who might be terribly helpful to me. Uh, I called Mike Freeman's office today. Okay. Talked to Chuck Lashevsky. Well, uh, what's terrible is you have to do an end around. You I do because she has just, such gatekeepers. Right. They don't know who I am, and they could care less. And she right. probably gets a hundred requests a day to be on somebody's podcast. But if one of her friends calls her up and says Joe wants to talk to you, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll oh yeah, Joe, I'll talk to him. Well, that's my hope. Yeah, and I have a couple of friends now in mind that hadn't occurred to me until today, so I'm going to be placing calls to them. Putting them in a very uncomfortable position. I don't think so, because my intention would be that this would be a very sincere appearance. Uh, I would have no... She strikes me as the only sane one on that side. Well, on either side now, because the other guy's not sane. So she strikes me as the only sane candidate. I'm just thinking ahead to the heat you're going to take, that we're all going to take for having her in. Oh, my God, that's too bad. But that's the beauty of garage logic, is we're willing to... This or not Let's put it this way. She's the only one on the left that understands that some guy working in a uh, hardware store in Topeka, Kansas, is not buying the Warren Sanders or Bernie Sanders Act. Right. She gets that. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of the interview would be how much of her Minnesota upbringing has influenced her worldview and her ideologies. I don't think she would 
I don't think she would try to take every nickel you ever earned. I don't think she'd try yeah, to right. pay off college debt. I don't think she's, I think she's smarter than that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you're listening and you're a great friend of hers, you could help me <laughs> because I just can't get through the wall of uh, email BS I have to go through uh, in her campaign office. I'm going to need a friend of a friend. Uh, there was a guy on, on Twitter last night who was calling out people that thought the impeachment meant Donald Trump was no longer president. <laughs> let's, we have a lot of dumb people in this country. My God in heaven, mm-hmm. was it frightening? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. People doing the you know the birthday candle emojis, like yay, no more Trump. The Whoa. only the Senate, by the way, can can affirm this. Yep. So this this guy, trust me, if this doesn't get to the Senate, he will claim he's never been impeached, and he'd be oh, technically yes. correct. <laughs> right, right. They didn't impeach me. Didn't get to the Senate. It's got to get to the Senate, and now she's delaying that. When first there was an urgency, a terrible crisis. Now there's not a crisis and not an urgency. How many people do you think that hold political office are embarrassed? What percentage? Not, not enough. None. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the what problem. I'm, that's what not I'm enough of. is a good answer. That's not enough. Problem. That's just that's shameful. Mm-hmm. This is why it helps, Jordy. This is what helps make it America's most livable city. Any. Link to the uh, Pioneer Press showing the video of the woman robbed and dragged by the car oh in St. Paul. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. What was with that? Did her hand get caught on something? I think I think her hand, her arm or hand was caught in the in the loop of the purse. Is what I understand. But wait a minute. If we just had a government program, Joel, that wouldn't happen. That robbery. No, we sh- we needed an ambassador there. Yeah. If we had a if we had a purse robbing carjacking ambassador, ambassador yeah none of that would ever happen oh, this is yeah. what helps make it america's most livable city all right sanibel jim was in law enforcement in his day okay and of course he's now the king of sanibel island right he's in, he's re, he's that's he's, a good job to have he's relaxing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he wanted to provide us some more information about the behavior of law enforcement People often complain about the police, but you rarely hear about the positive things they do, such as this incident involving a biker and a frozen carburetor. Last January, on a bitterly cold winter day, a North Dakota state trooper on patrol came upon a motorcyclist who was stalled by the roadside. The biker was swathed in heavy clothing and wearing a full-face helmet for protection from the cold weather. What's the matter, asked the trooper. Carburetor's frozen, was the terse reply. Pee on it. That'll thaw it out. I can't, said the biker. Okay, watch me closely and I'll show you how. The trooper unzipped and promptly warmed the carburetor as promised. Moments later, the bike started and the rider drove off waving. A few days later, the state trooper's headquarters received a note of of thanks from the father of the motorcyclist. It began, on behalf of my daughter, Jill. That's fantastic. (laughs) I can't. <laughs> I was uh, even honest, if it's not true, it's funny. I was honestly going, well, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Joe, in selecting an appropriate, uh, inappropriate, Sorry. I gotta get that, um, symbol, visual symbol of the Senate in its founding period, one might consider an anchor, fence, or a saucer. Saucer is the one I'm looking for. Well, writing to Thomas Jefferson, who had been out of the country during the Constitutional Convention, James Madison explained that the Constitution's framers considered the Senate to be the great anchor of the government. To the framers themselves, Madison explained that the Senate would be a necessary fence against the fickleness and passion that tended to influence the attitudes of the general public and members of the House of Representatives. George Washington is to have told Jefferson that the framers had created the Senate 
to cool House legislation just as a saucer was used to cool hot tea. That's it. That's it. Boy, that's it. Hats off to you yeah, for knowing that. He pretty much I, had it down, didn't he? I had never heard close. that. That was yeah. close. Huh. Read, the, read me the last sentence again. The, uh, the description of the saucer in the cup. He uh, told Jefferson that the framers had created the Senate to cool House legislation just as a saucer was used to cool hot tea. Yeah, the, the House was thought to be full of uh, rabble-rousers and... and mm-hmm. uh, uh, alarmists harumph. and harumphs, and the Senate was going. thought to be and was established to be a wiser council, a slower soul. Uh, give us that, give us that hot stuff you've just brewed up, and then they pour a little it in the saucer and let it cool. Huh? Should we run the the houses? Should we run down there and grab one of those cows? The Senate says, No, no let's walk down and grab them all. <laughs> okay. Insert your own. Uh, you know, yeah. What the hell you're talking I'm right about? There, Rook. That was good. <laughs> All right, one more lighter note before we move. Well, on. wait a minute. The other analogy could be made. the The hot sauce could be the talk show host, and the uh, saucer would be the producers. Welcome, to hot hey. sauce. <laughs> I am your saucer. Christmas has been canceled. No, I'd cancel that one if I were you, Did you see the special request on Twitter? Oh, yeah. A lady yeah. wants you to shout that no, out five no. times a show. I need permission to do and, that. And right. Joe, she said, don't listen to the mayor, is what she no, said No, you on better Twitter. listen to the mayor. I got a paycheck coming, lady. Come on. Mayor and Kenny. Uh-oh. This is from Keith Olson in Terry, oh, Montana. Yeah, he's a good guy. Late last year, I don't know why he's addressing this to you and me. He's addressing this essentially to the podcast Enterprise here. Late last year, Reavers lost his elf, and he scrambled to a big oh, box store on his way home. Remember yes. this? Oh, yeah. And in the process, made some comment that the elf was the wrong color to the employee. If I remember correctly, the employee was a person of color. Is that true? Yep. Okay. What did you say? I don't remember this. The, so, Dad was... You t- lost elf on the shelf at home. Dad was tasked with moving elf. Right. Uh, and um, Dad lost elf because... Dad might have had a couple. Couldn't and remember where he went. It was a Monday Night Vikings game. And, Great uh, hiding spot. Well, that cut, Dad cut to the story. So I, I go to, I, I texted the bride. I said, I lost uh, Wilson. I forget what his name is. And she Wilson. said, well, you better go get a new one. You know, this is December 22nd. You'll yep. find two of them, man. And so I go to Target. Yep. And the only one they had, it wasn't the same. It, it wasn't the same same skin color. Was it a, an African-American elf on Not the shelf? Not really. It was just a darker complexion. Yeah. It was very visible because my two boys know know exactly what he looks like. So I wouldn't have gotten away with it. The problem is the person I brought it up to... Um, yeah, was it was not a white person. Was that uh, a, a Caucasian? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have, said yeah. what? Why, why, I yeah. said, hey, do you I have don't a, think you're on the hook for anything Well, here? no, I just asked if they had a different... You got uh, any white elves on the right. shelf? And I explained my story, yeah. and she just gave me the... Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the Laquan <laughs> elf will do just fine. <laughs> well, to conclude... <laughs> so did you ever find it? Here, that's Keith's final question. So inquiring minds want to know... If you have found the original Lost Elf. Yeah, we uh, we did. Where was it? Halloween box. Was out it in the, the garage. Was it in the garage? Oh, I hit him. Uh, you know, the, uh, the my basement's unfinished. Yeah. And I put him in the rafters oh above. Oh, my God. The, why would you put there him There is up there. Why why they you? wouldn't even go down there I was just going to say, right. <laughs> so it's the perfect spot. Wow. Jeez, ravers. Say, Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood is one of the last, truly, the last, true family-owned dealers. 
in the region, uh, the region's first Volkswagen dealer. I've told you before, I have a family connection here. My father was great friends with Schmelz. I went to school with John Schmelz, who we lost recently. Now Jonathan Schmelz runs it, and they are the experts in Fiat, Alfa Romeo, and Volkswagen. These are wonderful automobiles. I'm, I'm kind of a hooked on Italian cars. I've had two Alfa Romeos. I've got at least two Volkswagens from them, including my wonderful half car, which I keep waiting for Volkswagen to redo an issue about 5,000 copies. It, what, what it was was a hot rod golf, 250 horse golf, six cylinder. It was fantastic. Right. They, they make the car now, but they don't make it hopped up like yeah, that. Yeah, right? I want it hopped up. And, and so the, when the Alphas came along, they were so appealing to me that I, I gave them the half car in trade on, a, uh, on the Julia. And it was not easy for you to part with that no, half car. No, but you the Julia was not a disappointment at all. And then I, I thought, this is too nice of a car to drive in the winter. So I got an Alpha. Stelvio, which is their SUV all-wheel drive, and it's fantastic. I've actually driven that thing, and I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. You started in the garage after it was all set? You check them out. You're going to enjoy this dealership. It's very, very, uh, very, you can tell. It's a family-owned dealership. You're not going to get hassled the minute you walk in the door. Easy to get to, too. And try out, uh, yeah, it's right on 36 and 61. Perfect. It's on the southeast quadrant behind Menards there. Uh, or alongside Menards of Highway 36 and 61. SchmelzVW.com, Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. And if you're wandering around in there kicking tires or sitting in a, a, a Fiat 124 Spider with the top down on the show floor, tell them that you're there because of the Garage Logic podcast. Hey, Such, before you continue, uh, I have to talk about our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. Yeah. So Todd came in yesterday. Uh, we were talking about plans for the I 2020 year. I still want to get there. I, I want to take you all there for a happy hour. I think you should. Um, yeah. What are you guys doing uh, later? About half an hour. You I can make short. that happen yeah, if you want. I'm going to make want. it happen. So uh, he wanted to tell me about this. Rook, you're going to love this. They have two specials going on this weekend. Here's how it, he, he sent me this text this morning. First is linguine with clams in a white wine sauce. I'm there. And basil <laughs> oil. That's me. The yeah. second is herb buttered uh, basted Wagyu sirloin. It's Ooh. like Kobe Ooh. beef. Oh, yeah. No, that's, I know what that is. What's yeah. like, Wagyu? What is Wagyu? Uh, there's a little more um, place, uh, fat in, in it. So there's the flavor. <laughs> it's not like fatty on the end, but ingrained in it. It's waves yeah. of fat. That's if only you could good. apply this knowledge oh, to your work. I love it. <laughs> yes, this I is an right ad for, is, uh, for 30 bales. This is, research this is and his development. work. God, that is served with grilled <laughs> asparagus. Folks, it's a oh. scratch Midwest kitchen. We've all eaten there before. Uh, the food is outstanding. The beer selection is great. They also have an awesome uh, brunch every weekend from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. And as Joe mentioned, the happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. Check out their menu online right now. Spell it out, 30bales.com. Please go introduce yourself to Todd and Tom. They are the owners there. They're huge fans of GL. And all the GLers that have been going and have been introducing themselves, they absolutely love hearing from you. And uh, make sure you let them know that the GL Podcast sent you today. It's in the house, boys. Uh, the uh, annual 
milfoil Christmas tree from the Lake Detective. <laughs> wow. Nice. Isn't that neat? Yes. Beautiful. It's got milfoil hanging on the tree, and you can see the bulbs there. It's called the milfoil Christmas tree. And every year, the Lake that? Detective comes Does through that with that. Come in a bottle? We uh. should do a winter check with him one of these days. It is one word, Kenny. We should do a uh, winter. Don't don't dispair at this uh, uh, Christmas card. I love I, his Christmas card. I do, too. Every year, it's milfoil. fun. I have to read you a very serious email, Uh-oh. and I think the fellow has a great point. And he does not want his name used, but I recognize the name. He's emailed frequently, I think. Joe, on Wednesday, uh, what's today, Friday? Friday. On Wednesday, uh, podcast, you made the statement in reference to the homeless that they don't have any income because they are homeless. I believe that was yesterday we were talking about, well, whenever we were talking about uh, the city of Oakland wishing to place homeless people on a cruise ship, maybe that was Wednesday. This brings up a great subject I have literally never heard anyone talk about ever, the working homeless. There are individuals who have employment but no housing to call their own. I first became aware of that while working. uh, I first, just a minute. uh, I I first became aware of that. I first became aware of that the working homeless existed when I became one. A relationship ended and I needed to find a new place to live. Since that time... uh, I have been without housing no less than five times, and every time I had a job. Now, I always had a place to stay, a friend's couch, a nice female's bed, my car, or God bless them, my parents' house, if I was willing to make the drive. Now, this isn't a pity party. In fact, I would rather you don't even read this on the air, but I want to because it's important. I just wanted you to be aware, as it seems like no one in the media does, that the working homeless are a real thing. Being homeless doesn't always mean an unemployable drug addict on the streets. Sometimes it's a person or family who had a situation take a turn for the worse, and they are doing their best they can to improve it. Thank you for all the entertainment and insight. Name withheld in case you do read on the air. That's a great point. What are the statistics on the working homeless? Right. Because they're out there. Yeah, they are out there. And we just had an almost protest at the Little Earth site over uh, off of Hiawatha. And Franklin earlier this week, and they called the protest off, but they highlighted a lady who had a drug problem but also had a job, and all she needed was a uh, home. And she got off the drugs, uh, she kept her job, she got a home, and everything's A-OK. And now she's part of the movement to help these these folks out. So not all homeless are, uh, as you would picture them, wandering the streets, talking to themselves, high on whatever. A lot of them are like this. As a matter of fact, when I used to, uh, when I was doing traffic here a couple of years ago, I would drive by a, what I thought was a working homeless right over here on uh, what is it, Raymond? What's the Raymond? St- the street I uh, crossed ninety four on Matthew Crete. Uh, yeah, Van. Di- Van. Di- no, it's closer. Anyway, uh, Pelham. You, yeah, Pelham. Thank Pelham you. Boulevard. You could tell this guy was living in his station wagon, and then I drive by a little bit later, going home. Station wagon was gone. The next day, there he was wow. sleeping in his car again. So I assumed you're making the presumption that he went to work. Uh, yeah, I was assume he was going to work. You know, the interesting thing was a couple of people emailed yesterday talking about what they had removed. What was the camp in Minneapolis? And they put fence line yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Fifty five and Franklin. And yeah. say how ironic is it that they're using the fence you know, that that party's using the fence to keep those people from camping up there, but yet they oppose well, the wall for security border. This is well, a tough state to be a working homeless person. Yeah. For about six oh, months yeah. a year, yeah. this would be a tough place yeah. to be a I'd be heading her to San Diego. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to run that car overnight, mm-hmm. you know. Hail the flashlight kid. Hail, Hail you. Longtime listener, occasional caller, eternal fan. 
is I occasionally miss an episode and when on broadcast missed a show or two, it is possible you've already thought about and discussed this as it seems rather obvious. If you have already discussed it, my apologies. But if not, here goes. We have in, in, in ways, but I think his email's worth reading. It occurred to me the other day, while stuck in snow ruts on the unplowed St. Paul service road of life, that those who perpetuate climate hysteria, Al Gore, Greta, Euphorians, really don't have anything to fear in regard to their reputation and being right or wrong on the matter. If we all burn up in 10 years, but are good to eat meat for another 20, they will say, see, I told you so. If we don't burn up and life continues on generally as normal with change occurring as it has since the dawn of time or heaven forbid things getting better, they can say, see, it's a good thing we rang the alarm bell years ago as we were able to avert the doom we all feared. We saved the day. We are heroes. It's a terrible thought, but true. They have an out and will never face consequences for proclaiming the sky is falling. Their chickens won't come home to roost and it will end there at least less. And I will end there lest I overtax the metaphor. Thanks for serving as mayor. Keep pushing back and Merry Christmas. No whitewashed happy holidays from me. I celebrate the birth of Jesus delivered by a four-year-old pirate finding land. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, we don't have any giant rooms. But how about a beer? Land ho! Land ho! <laughs> the kid was a pirate. Let me stay on that line there. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. And happy last scramble before Christmas to all of the GLers. That's right. Oh, man, yeah. Joe, I heard a story on CBS News this morning. This is uh, dated yesterday. No, I'm sorry. Dated today. Oh, yep. like Launch back. Almost hit the glass. Launch the chair. <laughs> Aren't we working Monday and Tuesday of next week? Yes. Yeah, but no, scrambles scramble. are Friday. Coin bucket time. I had another one. <laughs> wow. Joe, you need a Diet Coke. Joe, I heard a story on CBS News this morning and almost did a spit take of my delicious GL blend from the coffee grounds. The story led with a statement, and I am paraphrasing, that new studies have shown that obesity may be linked to climate change. The reporter went on to say that obese individuals emit more carbon dioxide and have a greater impact on greenhouse gas emissions. I guess we are now no better than the cows on the farm as they create their own emissions. I went to the Google to find the study and learned this hypothesis is nothing new. I didn't see the recent CBS report, but there were a number of articles that posited the same idea. One from Business Insider from just a few weeks ago claims... As warnings of climate change become increasingly dire, more and more research is examining how our lifestyles are contributing to the destruction of the planet. One possible culprit may be overeating, according to a new study published in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition. I get that magazine. I love it. <laughs> I get in the centerfold is like a giant uh, zucchini or something. <laughs> I guess this is bad news for your uncles, the seasoned professional eaters who at Thanksgiving polished off plate after plate only to finish off the fe- feast with just one more just cold one more. beer. <laughs> Our position is that food eaten above physiological needs manifesting as obesity should be considered waste. Dr. Morrow Serafini, lead author of the study and professor of human nutrition at Taramo University, told Insider, It's a very simple idea. I'm trying to link diet with human health and planet health. Obesity is a clear example of food linked to both. So you're telling me a 300-pound chowderhead who takes the toy train to work in Minneapolis is creating a bigger carbon footprint than the Edina mom driving her Escalade to the grocery store and taking the kids to soccer practice. The answer to that question is we don't know that. You talk uh, we about don't know that. you talk about ass statistics. Could this be the first fat ass statistic? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Good luck. 
keep pushing back and Merry Christmas to you and the boys. Uh, thank you for uh, providing s- such great entertainment all year long. Sincerely pushing back Steve Mulholland. I think he lives in the belly of the beast. Yes, he does. Yeah. And that's just another way they'll tax us. You know, that's just another carbon credit. Yeah, of course. They'll, of they'll course. tax us. They'll make us turn in our weight. There was a letter to the editor of the Tribune the other day. I didn't read it. I wanted to play real or sat there, but unfortunately it was real. A woman, I'll paraphrase, uh, advocating that we need to have a carbon tax right now. She was, in other words, she was saying, "Come and take my money, because the Earth is going to end." Wow! Uh, Taking your money, lady, will not stop anything that nature has to do. Won't even slow it down. Won't even do a thing. Nature's nature, lady. You ain't bigger than nature. (laughs) Speaking of which, Jordy again, longtime offsite correspondent. Scientists have uncovered the world's oldest forest, mm. uh, and he said it's it's very positive. You need to get there and give those trees a nice pat and tell them good luck. <laughs> what what a what scientists found? I think it's in the New York area. Uh, is a, the remains of a fossilized forest underground? Uh huh. Yeah, and and it's fascinating because you know what it suggests to me is I bet the climate change in some way. Don't you think to have all those trees just suddenly disappear? Probably. Yeah. They yeah. probably weren't warned either. Millions At least we got our warnings ago. now. Well, we yeah. got our warnings. We, well, there was a reason why they were covered up, and, yeah. and now I can't remember. I, I can't remember. I, I read the I story, read and I can't piece. remember. Well, what are you going to do? Hey, huh? It happens. It, you know, it happens. You're running out of time, GLers. Get to RF Molar Jeweler. You're going to make somebody in your family terribly happy because you are buying something from your heart that's going to be passed down from generation to generation. A fine watch. Diamonds, necklaces, gemstones of all kind, colored gemstones of all kind. Great gift wrapping, great service. You will be met with a hearty and non-secular Merry Christmas, no matter who you are. And, uh, you know, if you know the right people, you might, you know, sit around. There's a little area for refreshments. I know? think so. If you got the right wink. Yeah, with special knots. Did you get in? I cleared the way. Uh, we. I've been told not to buy her anything, and I'm not sure how I should take that. Uh, <laughs> I think you should listen to her. Good luck. Is yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, I need counseling. Does that speak? Is that, what are we, I you got to unravel uh, this puzzle? I, uh, These great treasures have been available at Molars for more than 68 years uh, visit RF Molar because they'll help you find a gift that expresses your love. We have been really using that L word a lot. Edina it. store is at 50th in France. The St. Paul store, the flagship, is at Ford and Cleveland, downtown Minneapolis in Gavaday, or online at rfmolar.com, as uh, Janine did and gave us that wonderful email a few days ago about how she went to the website, ordered her uh, Merry Christmas present, and it arrived. Just nifty as that. rfmolar.com. here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. We've got a lot of options for Christmas gifts, don't we, GLers? You could go buy a box of meat. You could go to a restaurant. You could go uh, to Molar. Get yourself a Fiat or an Alpha or a VW. <laughs> We've got a lot of options here. And uh, Reavers and I had to educate Miss uh, Alyssa Algren this yes. morning. She was in recording, and she just picked up a new Sig Sauer and was looking at another uh, AR-style rifle. And she hasn't been to DK Mags yet. She was unfamiliar. Shame, shame, Alyssa. DKMags.com in New Brighton is the best gun shop in town. Uh, and if you're just shopping for a loved one, a perfect place to go. You buy a bunch of extra magazines or some ammo, uh, anything at all. 
Uh, hop on the website, dkmags.com. Uh, the shop, they're so cool there. They're so laid back. They actually remind me of the shop in my hometown. I think for Christmas you should get me that flashlight you've been talking about. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I and, want one. I expect that. And it's not cheap. <laughs> and I, I've seen the way you treat some of your flashlights. Yeah. You're, you're very abusive to, to your flashlights. I, and let me tell you it. something. They can take it. This one will hold up. That's right. These babies hold up. They are really good. Do you want one that will mount on the slide rails of your AR? Yes. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll get you that. Uh, even Such, if you just need advice or information, no matter what your skill level, the fellows at DK Mags in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're going to help us out, and they'll do it without attitude. Monticello, you heard me mention it, Monticello Pond and Gun. To hop off the freeway on the way to the farm. I'm talking to myself now <laughs> because they're right there. <laughs> yes, folks, that's they're not right there. I can swing in and buy a couple boxes of ammo and be there at no time flat. DKMags.com. The whole family is wonderful. Finish off that Christmas list located right here in the heart of Gumption County. Monticello Pond and Gun and DKMags.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, your forest, by the way, I did look it up. Yeah. Uh, they think it was wiped out by a flood. Oh, boy. Uh, due to the We presence. had floods there? Yeah, and uh, the reason we only had those now. The reason they think that is because there are hundreds of fish fossils. Really? Was it upstate New York? It was Cairo, New York. Cairo, New York. Cairo spelled the same as Cairo, Egypt. How many millions of years ago? Three hundred eighty-six million. Why was that in the three hundred eighty-six million? Three hundred floods. I thought we caused floods. Yeah, we did. We dammed everything up, and that was uh, was from all the SUVs apparently. Apparently, yeah. In those days, I'll be damned. 53-year-old woman dragged by a suspect's vehicle during a robbery in St. Paul on Sunday. Police said it occurred at the Mung Village on Johnson Parkway. The victim, Dia Lore, was by herself putting items in the trunk of a car when the suspect jumped out of a stolen Hyundai Elantra. Surveillance cameras recorded the disturbing ambush as the prowler pounced on Lore. The suspect seen on the video as he grabbed her purse, then punched, slammed, and dragged her with the stolen God getaway almighty. car 75 yards through the parking lot. Jeez. It's uh, it's amazing if you see the video. That she yes, didn't get okay, how is she attached to the car? I did not see the yeah, video. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have he, any details. Is he that... grabs her. She fights. He still gets into the car. Her arm. I don't know if it was she was clutching or if she was trapped. But she trapped gets, by. That's my question. Trapped by, by, by what? The loop on her purse. The strap on it her might purse. have hooked. It might have hooked her arm. You know what I'm saying? It might have caught on her jacket or something. On an like open that. door? Because she had it yeah. over her shoulder. Yes. Okay. And, and then he closed the door. All right. And the strap was still well, out, so she was just dragging. Let's not fault the, the woman here. No. No, I'm blaming her. She's got to no, get no, that no, purse no. tucked away. <laughs> well, uh, part of, and I don't know. I I hadn't heard that what Rook said, but uh, she said, uh, she all I know is if I hold on to it any longer, the car could possibly run me over. So I'm guessing at that point she might have let, must have let it go. Or, or well, at that point she said, it. "At that point she said, welcome to St. Paul, America's most livable city.' Right. I can't wait for breakfast with the mayors. Yeah. So he went from one stolen car straight to another stolen car. No, he went from one stolen. He's he's driving a stolen car and decides to stop and steal a purse. Right. But, but, oh, but the, the car that he was in wasn't her vehicle. Correct. Okay, yeah, gotcha, was, gotcha. Was, they, they drove up behind her as she Got was it. putting stuff in the uh, okay. uh, thing. Now, this uh, apparently has been going on. Authorities have put together a list of other purse snatching with similarities. The crooks driving stolen cars target unsuspecting women who were alone outside of retail stores. It's been happening since around November 20th, according to St. Paul Police. Police say it's believed the suspects are between the ages of 15 and 30 and use hats or sweatshirt hoods to conceal their identities. Anyone who has information is asked to call the St. Paul Police Department. Boy, that used to be a great city, you guys. (laughs) This used to be one hell of a country. Isn't that a line from uh, 
what's the what's the motorcycle movie? Dennis Hopper oh, and uh, uh, Peter Fonda. Yeah, Easy Rider. Easy Rider. This used to be one hell of a country. Well, I got a helmet. Well, Look at the beauty. flag on that bike. Yeah, I got a helmet. You got a helmet? I got a helmet. I got a beauty. <laughs> University of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that movie to end the way it did. Didn't either. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind an alternate ending. It probably tonight. spoke to the time, though. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. I'm yeah. a more of a happily ever after guy. That was that was not a happy ending. No. If you've never seen it, sorry, folks. Yeah. I felt the same way about Titanic. <laughs> Hoping it wasn't going to sink. Anyway, start. start Why, what have I done, God? <laughs> I you know, know, you know, I'm fairly reverent, and I, I tithe. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah. I, I go to mass. Uh, what, what, why am I being punished with this? I, I don't. I don't understand it. You mean it's a bad easy rider? With these guys here. <laughs> these guys. Stars. Titanic. God. You ought to be so ashamed. <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. Fun Friday, everybody. Star Tribune reporting the top official in charge of investigating fraud at the Minnesota Department of Human Services has been reassigned to another position nine, oh, wow. nine months after the state's oh, legislative good. auditor found disarray within the department. Carolyn Ham has been on leave from her inspector general position, became the subject of an internal investigation after the auditor found high levels of fraud in the state's child care assistance program and distrust between Ham and her team of anti-fraud investigators. Uh, DHS Commissioner Jody Harpstead told the Minnesota House Health Committee that the internal investigation had been finished. There'll be no disciplinary action taken against Ham. Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, Ham in her new position should be an administrative officer for a DHS division, and she will retain her $132,800 salary. When she was on leave, when she was on leave, was she getting paid? I, I would bet you I, I believe yes. so, yes. I believe that is wow. correct. So well, I have a question. So they've created their own world to live in. Yeah, and it's not even elected officials. Right. You just get your yeah, foot in the door just, and yeah. you're in for life. So this was absolute incompetence at its finest. What would it take for someone like her to lose her job? I don't know. It's a Boy, good question. Yeah. Really good question. Thank so, you. Thank you. Let's say, Wasn't that good? Better, better right. than the Titanic comment. Go back apparently. to being dumb-dumb now. Okay. A St. Paul van pleaded guilty to threatening staff last summer in the mayor's office, and the incident ultimately, it looks like, may have saved his life. Jeffrey Carl Weisbach was upset over the city's handling of a homeless encampment near his house, according to his attorney. Brian McNee Marsden said of his client, sometimes miracles come wrapped as felonies. Police showed up at the 62-year-old's house, uh, house on the 300 block of Colburn Street after learning about repeated threatening phone calls he had made to City Hall about a homeless encampment, uh, encampment near his house. This was all last July. Frustrated about the city's response to the concerns about the encampment, Weisbach started calling repeatedly, declaring in one voicemail, it's all-out war and I will hunt you down and kill you like a dog. Huh. According to court records, uh, Weisbach kept two rifles in his house Weisbach, who Marsden described as a great guy, had a heart attack during his arrest and collapsed. Officers rushed him to a hospital where he was quickly led into a triple bypass surgery. Unbeknownst to Weisbach, in the past year, he had been getting sicker and sicker, and as a result, quote, crabbier and crabbier. Sound as, like anybody you know? Yeah. <laughs> as, as his brain was starved of adequate oxygen, according to his attorney. His attorney says, so they literally saved his life by arresting him. 
Now the father of a 15-year-old is eating better, feeling more like his old self, which Marsden said is not typically the type to threaten anybody. As part of his plea, which was entered in Ramsey County District Court Thursday, he'll avoid jail time as well as a felony conviction for the threats and violence count when he is sentenced in February. Instead, he'll have a gross misdemeanor on his record, according to his attorney. An evangelical Christian squabble yesterday, Christianity Today, an evangelical magazine published an editorial calling for the ouster of President Trump. In the editorial, they called Trump's July 25th phone call to the Ukrainian president profoundly immoral, labeled the case against the president unambiguous. It also rebuked evangelicals who backed Trump and warned that their support will crash down on the reputation of evangelical religion and on the world's understanding of the gospel. Isn't this a Billy Graham-founded magazine? I was about to ask that. In 1956, Billy Graham founded the magazine, and the editorial soon brought harsh words from son, Franklin Graham. Uh, Franklin Graham is a uh, strong Trump supporter. He accused the Christian magazine of invoking his father's name to represent, quote, the elitist liberal wing of evangelicalism. So, man, but, even they have the liberal wing. I, I didn't think they had they a liberal I. wing. but So the son doesn't have any control over the editorial no. content of that? No. Or his dad's stuff? Did Trump rip the hell out of it? President Trump responded to the editorial <laughs> Friday morning, Joe, oh. as a matter of fact, tweeting, quote, the far-left magazine, well, not I don't really. think so, Don. No. Knows nothing about reading a perfect transcript of a routine phone call and would rather have a radical left non-believer who wants to take your religion and your guns than Donald Trump as president. So basically he took the bait in this. When does he not? Well, that's true, but I'm sure that they did this by design. Well, they, I think they... Because they're getting more attention than they well, ever they, have I think they just believe it. I but don't they think believe it. They believe a, it. It's an evangelical Christian right. magazine. They're usually not kidders or guys yeah, to not, bait people. This ain't there. the onion. All right, well, okay, but it worked. Yeah. Do you know Billy Graham's rise started right here? Absolutely. In Minneapolis, downtown yeah. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. My grandma, my grandma Olson, worked for him. Hmm. Really? Oh. Yeah. He chase her around the office? I don't think so. Uh, he's he's very highly thought of on the Olsen side of the family. Now he's very highly thought of uh, by much most Americans, yeah, isn't he? I think so. Uh, uh, the president did continue. Uh, no president has done more for the evangelical community. It's not even close. He said, and apparently this was a mistake, he said, I won't be reading E.T. again. It's C.T. Christianity today. The editor responded to Trump's tweet. You'll take any chance you get to take a swing at him, won't you? Yeah, what's wrong with you, John? I I just reported facts, Kenny. Now you're like the Trump people saying that I'm presenting fake news, even though it's facts. I'm like the emailer. People uh, think I'm... uh, that I don't hate him enough. One of my favorite things is sometimes on Facebook, in in the space of 20 replies, you'll see... I, I liked Joe a lot before he started becoming a leftist, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then well, you'll go down three things. He'll say, I can't listen. He's such a Trump supporter. That I can't. <laughs> happens well, all, I'm doing something right. It That's happens right. all the time. It's hysterical. Uh, Senate Republicans say they hope the president won't tweet during his impeachment trial. <laughs> Senator John Cornyn said this is a solemn and serious undertaking. I think we don't need a bunch of distractions. Senator Susan Collins predicted the president would not stay quiet despite wishes of the party. Lindsey Graham said he needs to be respectful of the process. He can defend himself. He has a right to express his grievances. But if I were him, I would keep a low profile. Senate Majority Whip John Thune of South Dakota concurred, saying there are many cases in which I hope he doesn't tweet. U.S. is closely watching North Korea for signs of a possible missile launch or nuclear test in the coming days that officials are referring to as a Christmas surprise. 
A significant launcher test would be the end of North Korea's self-imposed moratorium and raise tensions in that region. An Iowa man is trying to regain custody of a young coyote. Can I say coyote? Is that right? Yeah, whatever you want. That he says has become his... Emotional support animal. That is correct. Gross. A flea-bitten mutt. Stinking coyote. Matthew Stokes. All mangy and gross. Matthew Stokes says this animal is a dog in a coyote's body. He's named it Drifter. Well, coyotes are dogs. Well, yeah, of course they are. A drifter was an orphaned pup looking for his pack, and I became his pack, says Stokes. Stokes told the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier he was suffering at the time from a bone infection and a foot was in danger of losing it. He said Drifter kept him going. He said, I had to take care of myself. There was nobody else there to care for me. He saved my life, and I guess I saved his too. But the pup was corralled by a neighbor while roaming the area in October and placed with a wildlife rehab agency. What? Tracy. My God, doesn't anybody own an, a rifle? <laughs> Jeez. Tracy. Oh, my word. Tracy Bell, director of Wild Thunder Wildlife and Animal Rehab, said this is not an emotional support animal. This is a wild coyote yes. that he took out of the wild and decided to make a pet. Mm. Drifter is young and seems docile, according to Bell, but his adult behavior and predatory instincts have not yet kicked in. Stokes says he did obtain a letter from his doctor that says Drifter is. An emotional support. Well, the doctor's animal. just as dumb. Though. Thank you, John. That's uh, that's <laughs> tremendous. Uh, so I'm driving home Mississippi River uh, Boulevard a couple of weeks ago. What's, See a wolf. What's the college? Uh, when I'm southbound, what's the college just south of Summit? What's that college there? St. Thomas. St. Thomas. We had a big, nice yard there, right next to uh, Mississippi River Boulevard, yeah. and people are pulling over, jerking the wheel and slamming it up on the curb and stopping. And looking up in that big, uh, uh, big, big yard with all the trees and everything, yeah. it's a coyote chasing a bunch of birds around, and everybody's yeah. acting like you know, That's like nature. like you're seeing a giraffe for the first time. And, so, <laughs> and, uh, and it's just we're, uh, that kind of thing really bugs. We're me. all idiots, Kenny. We don't, you know, we don't have. Farms I do fall and, for it though. Every time I'm driving on Mississippi River Boulevard and I see a walker with binoculars looking like that. I stopped to do this. What, what, is, <laughs> okay. what are you seeing? What am I missing? So a tip for you then. The Montessori school right before Ford Parkway, you go around that little, yes. those S's. Yeah. You look up in one of those yards on the same side as the Montessori school. Eagle you, nest? Yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? I, I've seen I a lot not. of eagles. They're as common as squirrels. I just They're, see the uh, dog collars. Yeah. <laughs> They're still but majestic. Eagles have made a wonderful comeback, haven't yes. they? Oh, yeah. They just, yes. And they they really tasty. Oh, my they? I love them. I just love them. Oh, no. The meat is so, so rich, soft. it's just yeah. wonderful. We'll be people. back in a moment. Let's do this first, okay. Jack's Cafe. We're going to take you down. Do they ca- serve Eagle? I don't think Eagle okay. is on the menu at Jack's Cafe. They play Pheasant. by the rules. <laughs> but they can get you some good game. In fact, I had a great dinner there earlier this week. I highly suggest, if you have a special night to go out, take up Jack's offer of the GL Rookie Date Night VIP menu. It's less than $100, includes a bottle of wine, and is a four-course meal for two. We were raving about it when we were there the other night. It is a wonderful deal. Somebody just on Twitter said they let the family choose. I'm really happy that this has taken off, and I want you to experience it if you have a date night. If you have a big party planned or you're bringing the whole family, well, they got the great menu, the wonderful menu. Go to jackscafe.com to take a sneak peek. J-A-X 
C-A-F-E.com. I knew how to spell Jack's. I forgot cafe. 612-789-7297. Northeast Minneapolis, 1928, right at 19th and University. You will not be disappointed at this family-run, three-generation, cozy, cozy restaurant where you will get a fine meal. Jack'sCafe.com. Tell them you heard from Rook on the podcast. Got the flu? Well, grab a chair because he's having pepper steak anyway. Joe Sushi. Love it. That's a listener that's been around a while. Oh. It's the end of the world as we know well, it. I just played a line. Feels fine. I didn't need to play Joe Sushere. Fun Friday. I like the first one better. <laughs> that was from Philip, by the way. Though, you ready? Sure. The United Kingdom psychology lecturer and psychotherapist said using words like geek or nerd or egghead should be considered hate crimes. Oh, sure. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. Sonia nope. Falk. Has studied the impact of bullying on high IQ children and the divisive and humiliating anti-IQ terms should be categorized the same as homophobic, racial, and religious slurs and are hate crimes last taboo. She's 100% wrong because the nerds have made the word nerd yeah. their own. Yes. They've taken it to yep. their bosom yes. and they love it. Uh, I, I work with Jason in the morning and all morning long, Jason Matheson referred to himself and his friends as nerds because they love the Star Wars thing. Yeah. Falk has spent eight years researching discrimination against high IQ people. Boy, what a niche she carved out for yeah, herself. Huh? Wow. And interviewing high ability adults about their experiences, according to the Telegraph. Uh, and she's conducting extensive interviews with 20 high IQ people uh, about their ideas of belonging or not belonging. And she believes that uh, at some point in the, in the lives of these high IQ people, they have felt like they not belonged. Her recent research can be found in her new book, Extreme Intelligence. And at the book's launch, Falk said the next government must take legislative action to force societal change. The N-word was common parlance in the U.K. until at least the 60s. Other insulting slurs about age, disability, religion, and gender identity remain in widespread use. And we've turned a blind eye to their impact by passing them off as harmless banter. It's only with the benefit of hindsight and academic research that we realize how long we were. And the same can be said about anti-IQ words. Are you? You're out of your mind. Anti-IQ words yeah. such as what? Like nerd, oh, egghead, geek, geek. No, 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 no. She's no, no. she she has the audacity to diminish the impact of the N word yeah, on black yeah. people. You know what? That's by assigning this the same meaning to some moral relevance no. to the word geek. No, you just hit it. That's exactly what she's doing. Or, <laughs> or the F word for gays. It's the same thing. Just she's ridiculous. Di she's diminishing it. That's yep. That's what she's doing. In England and Wales, any threatening or abusive communication directed toward a person regarding race, color, disability, nationality, ethnic, religion, sexual orientation, or gender identity is called a hate crime. And she wants that to extend to using words that 
like Egghead. The government says it is committed to creating an outward-looking, inclusive society, yet continues to tolerate divisive, discriminatory language, Falk said. In the short space of time since racial, homophobic, and religious hate speech was banned, it is now seen by most as morally abhorrent. It would be progress for British society to come to feel the same way about hate-filled, prejudicial slurs against our high IQ community. Seems like you find one of these stories and one of these knuckleheads um, at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Some complete idiot going way Mm -hmm. over the top um, and and just making crap up. Mm -hmm. Very high IQ individuals often experience isolation or bullying from people around them. I haven't sensed that myself. No. No. You nerd? No. What's the nerd? What's the nerd show? You guys uh, didn't get it. I gave you a line, and you walked all over it. See, I was saying. I told, let's experience. try it again. Let's try it again. Okay, let's, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Take, take two. Very high. Take two. Very high IQ individuals often experience isolation or bullying from people around them. I don't sense that. No. I don't feel that. You don't have a high IQ. No, see, I was pretending that I did. Get Damn. I was trying to do a bit there. See, <laughs> sorry. See, I said, now I blew the line. Yeah. Wait, wait, one more, you know what? One, one more. One more time. One more. One more time. Third time's a charm. Action on the set? Yep, I'm listening this time. Cue and the talent. Let's and be the GL Theater. And action. Very high IQ individuals often experience isolation or bullying from people around them because they are perceived as being different from the majority. I don't feel that way. Is that what you... Maybe we should so just uh, we should do a rewrite of the script and just pull that line out. Call of in some new writers. Yeah, yeah. yeah fire our writers. <laughs> Mensa, Mensa CEO John Stevenage says Mensa is an organization to give people with very high IQs a community which is non-judgmental and inclusive of difference. Put simply, everyone is different, so no one is. Okay, pal. You people are crazy. It's, but, you're nuts. You're just mentally but, ill. No, wait you're a nuts. Uh, traditionally, the Mensa guys have been just really... Just a minute. F- just a minute. What? Hello. Is that, He's on the phone. Well, Mensa's the yes. smart thing, right? What, what's he got here? Let's listen. Okay, just just a minute. Take a break. Take okay. A break. Take a break. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. Let's do that. We're, we're recording, but I'm Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So, if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Make your own move to Forest Lake. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. There's still time. Saturdays are a great day at uh, EcoFun. And there are 
10 different youth model ATVs in stock for Christmas. This would be a fantastic gift, and GLers get a free helmet with every gas purchase. And GLers, by mentioning the podcast, you're going to get the Black Friday prices on top of all the other deals that are continuing. $100 off all electric bikes, $100 off all in-stock scooters. These are on top of their year-end prices. Then you throw in the GL podcast uh, slug there, and uh, God knows, you might get out of there without spending two cents. I have no idea. No, I'm I'm kidding. You're going to pay, but you're going to get value. It's fantastic. And you get that helmet uh, with all gas purchases. Also, full line of Yamaha Snow Recreation Equipment. Yamaha snowmobiles, ATVs, crossovers. These are, uh, we're not out of this now. we got about six months of winter ahead of us. You might as well enjoy it. It's a great operation. Tim runs a great shop, and really when it comes to service, he's got you covered there, too. You have a scooter that needs service. He sends a truck through town, picks it up. Gets it back to EcoFun. They service it and return it to you. And uh, you're going to turn those errands into adventures, sometimes getting up as, uh, up to 100 miles per gallon on some of those scooters. Not 7,500 miles, but 75 to 100 miles per gallon. Thank you. It's a great way to, to uh, get around urban uh, transportation, particularly as the evil politicians in the salon continue to narrow our streets and send us down dead ends. and. No, have, provide no place to park. You, I'm not kidding. You can throw these scooters around and park them anywhere. EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. I apologize for that last interruption. I took the phone call because it was Mike Freeman's guy, Chuck Leshevsky. I worked yep. with Chuck at the paper for yep. years and years and years. And uh, just a minute. And he uh, he's Hello? of Polish descent. Hi, dummy. <laughs> 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 Call him to see how you're doing. Yeah, Kenny, thanks. I, I'm going to talk to you just a minute. still recording? Well, wait a second. Don't no, I'm, I'm hanging up on you. Oh, so uh, on me. I'm, I'm getting the help I need to uh, uh, formally invite Amy Klobuchar onto the show. He provided me with some names of people who are very good friends of Amy, and uh, I will appeal to them so that we can try to have her on the show. I think it would be... Uh, but it just, you know what it does? It, it, it gave the listener, mm-hmm. seriously speaking, a glimpse into the number of hurdles. And this is someone you know personally. Right, but I can't get through her gatekeepers. That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah. There's such there's so many levels of of nonsense that you have to deal with in order to what work's gonna call. Hello. Hi Matt, how you doing? Hey, what's, what's going on? I was talking to Kenny. I'm calling from across the table. I was talking oh, to Kenny. I see your lips moving. Do you need another water? Uh, yeah, so that's know. why I uh, said out. take a break. Hey, so. you wow. You sit right next to me. I'm going to hang you up call me call for him. Call me yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, call him and tell him. Just the message is hi. Where am I going to sit? <laughs> let's not have any more phone calls. Huh? No, no I don't okay. think so. Let's okay. not have any more no. phone calls. Got it. Got it. Yeah. interrupted the thing we had to do in the first place. We're a Marconi nominated podcast. We're headed towards a... could be hello hey uh joe it's kenny <laughs> did uh did rook deliver the message i told him to say hi to you. yeah he did he's right i see him down here on the left i got him i got him covered what are yeah. you doing tonight you mind if yeah come by? no i do mind i mind terribly i mind terribly 5 30 all right i'll see you there all right bye call right, joe joe souchere <laughs> no, who's joe Sauchere? joe Sauchere. <laughs> Hello? 
Hey. Yeah. It's like Echo. <laughs> I just want to see if a speakerphone worked. I'm going back on silent. <laughs> yeah, I would. That's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. He picks up his phone in the middle of a sentence and just starts talking to somebody. I, I don't want I want that I want that woman as a guest. Yes. Yes. GLers are going, is, is this is wrong with him? Nothing will stand in the way no. of him getting a guest. And then he gives the panic, let's go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> like his house is burning down or That's something. the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? It's among the beauties of a podcast. It really, really And the GLers is. appreciate your effort, I'm sure, Joe. I hope so, Jack. That's how Thank it'll you. come across to them. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll be back. We're going to be joined by the big boy. Yes, Pricey. sir. Da 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 what do Lloyd Mangrum, you know Lloyd Mangrum. Yes, yes, my right. golfer in the 40s and into the 50s. Right. Might have been before that. So. Ralph Houck. All right. Manager of the Yankees, right? Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Gino Marchetti. Okay. Well, you know who he was. He was a quarterback. Yes, the great. No, he was defensive a fine end. defensive lineman. That's that's close. Yeah, right. Deep, yeah, defensive fine. end. You're right. Yeah. And he Nestor Johnny Unitas in his pocket. And Nestor Shylock. I guess they're all World War II guys. They all fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Wow. Oh, yeah. it's the anniversary yeah. of that. It was the anniversary right was a few days ago, and this yeah. uh, I was linked to this story. That's fantastic, I, I think. And I know why they called, that's why they called Ralph the Major, not because mm-hmm. of the way he conducted himself as a manager, but because he was a major in uh, World War II. I'll be damned. Isn't that something? Yes, and uh, one of the great transformations in history, because when he was the Yankee manager, I... Uh, John, is Johnny Height there? I am. Yes. Johnny, who who else did he manage? Was it Tigers? He, he went and managed Tigers. the Tigers. Okay. Yep. I didn't. I after the Yankees because I didn't yep. meet, deal with him when he managed the Yankees, but I did when he managed the Tigers. He was a grumpy SOB. <laughs> and then, uh, and then in '87 or '86, when the Twins changed up the you know Andy McPhail, they put him in charge and they put TK in charge of the managing. Uh, Poland wanted to have a a mentor, so he hired Ralph to to uh, sort of be somebody that Andy could uh, run things past, and Kelly could run things past, and so he was down in spring training. He never, nobody ever had more fun than he had in spring training. <laughs> he did no mentoring. He just sat there and enjoyed the sun and, uh, you know, have a little canooper after the game uh, <laughs> after spring training. And I've told this, this is a, this is one of those rare stories I've told before. When uh, he, he found this, he discovered in batting practice that this usher was stealing balls at Tinkerfield. Mm-hmm. So he started, uh, lobbing balls over there to see how far he could get the guy to walk out on the field to steal the ball. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's yeah, wonderful. He'd get, he'd get one yeah. like he'd get one like just on the grass and the it's guy tough. would walk around and pretend like he was looking at birds and then grab it 
Then he'd throw on like five feet further out. <laughs> yeah, the guy was almost in the batting cage by the time he got done throwing, throwing he- balls to him. I love that guy. Here's this week's non-original story from Royce. Believe me, you heard that one before. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Tony Lee's send off, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yes, I knew he was a I knew he was a World War II guy. That was my first uh that was my first hint. I didn't know Nestor was a World War II guy or Lloyd Bangram. By the time Monday night football rolls around, Green Bay at Minnesota, the Vikings may very well know if they're in the playoffs already, right? Well, the Rams, uh, I think they play Saturday night, right? Yep. The Rams and the 49ers. And, uh, is it Saturday night? Yes. yes. And, uh, yeah, they could know for two days by then. whether they're in. So if, if the Rams lose, the Vikings are in? Yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, that that is true. Now the Forty ers have got half their defense hurt, so maybe the Rams could win that game. But uh, uh, it, I've never uh, seen a situation like this, though, where people seem to be more worried about whether the Lions can beat the Packers than whether the Vikings can beat the Packers. <laughs> That's what the, everybody is just assuming that the Vikings are going to beat the Packers. What is the cousin situation on Monday nights? Isn't it dreadful? Oh, and eight. About, so this is his chance to shine. This is where he turns it around. Yeah, this yeah. is his chance. And he's been playing well. Yeah, yeah, he's been fine. He's uh, after everybody, uh, you know, wanted him to, you know, yeah, basically they were comparing him to Christian Ponder after the loss in Chicago. And now right. they're saying, how could he not be in the Pro Bowl? Yeah. He, he was really good the last Monday night game, the one against Seattle, even though they got beat. Yeah. yeah. He, he yeah, played he really well. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. Yes. But, anywho. That's uh, that's what. So this morning we had the annual Augie breakfast. Okay. In honor of Mike Augustine, and they died right about this time. But of course, this year was also a Jim Wells breakfast and a Doug Woo breakfast. Right. So right. We honor a lot of a lot of uh, testimonials there, and you know who I got to sit next to? Louis Catronio. Really? Yep. Louis hanging in there. I used to see Louis all the time downtown St. Paul. Well, Louie, you know, for years took the passes at the uh, Wild Games. He yeah. At the, at the gate, but he, he stopped doing that a few years ago. But the great Johnson High School coach. I think he said he graduated from Johnson in 52, or graduated from high school in 52. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got a few years on me there. He's in the mid-80s, then, I guess, but he's doing fine. Great, great. And, uh, the only trouble is we were at this uh, – Restaurant in Wabasha uh, Street, Joseph's, which is fine. But uh, since I was probably at least in the uh, bottom forty percent age-wise of the group there, yeah, very worried about falls and broken legs. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody made it. We were all all very concerned about uh, who was going to be the first one to take a header and end up being a rush to the hospital. But, uh, everybody survived. Everybody survived, so that was good. It's tough walking in St. Paul right now. It's some tough walking. Well, this lot wasn't bad, but you just did. You know what? You got to that, that first step out of the car. You got to watch that one. That's the first one. Yep. Yeah, you got to make sure you can't just you can't take it for granted. No, you can't be cocky. You cannot be cocky. <laughs> You can't take it for granted. You can't take it for granted. You're absolutely right. That's the one where at best you end up pulling a groin muscle or something as your left leg goes one direction and your right one goes the other. So I was listening. I don't have any muscles down there, so I don't pull it. So, Patrick, I was listening on my journey home. I was listening to the Monday Night Sports Talk podcast in, uh, in Greater Wyoming. Not only 
Should we go in on Raiders season tickets for that stadium? I drove by it in Vegas. It's a monstrosity. We'll make a billion dollars off the home <laughs> game against Buffalo alone. Oh, yeah. Now, do you are you sure there's one there next year? Buffalo Buffalo plays at Las Vegas next oh, year. How right. do we know already? The 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 home and away uh, opponents have already been determined. Oh, really? Yes, we just know don't know that. when. We just don't know okay. when. So the Vikings, well, you know the Vikings schedule? No, the Vikings played the Raiders this year, so they won't play the Raiders for 3 Oh, you're more talking years. about just that that division. The Raiders, they yeah. play that division, yeah. yes. Well, well, you'll be that's... there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might leave you might tomorrow. Leave. <laughs> You might get back in that vehicle and drive back to Vegas and lay out there on, you know, behind one of the casinos with the rest of the broke guys. Where Where is the football stadium going to be in relation to what I would consider the main drag? It's of, right off of the freeway, off 15. No, the, but just give me a compass direction from Caesars Palace. Is it west of the... Of the, uh, of the yes. Is it, would it be west s- of the Strip? Southwest of the Strip, southwest right across from of the, the freeway. Strip. Yep. That's getting near there, the airport. Uh, yes. Out there near the on the real side of the uh, freeway or, or what? Or the, uh, the, the the real casino that's out there. Yeah, because when I I was on fifteen and because Kenny gave me my route, I was on fifteen. And the stadium basically butts up next to the freeway. It's right off of. Do it. you know where Mandalay Bay is? No, at the on the end of the strip. Vaguely. It is. Well, it, you got to keep going. It's not the end of the strip anymore. Well, that's the last big one. You go across 15, and Allegiant Stadium is basically adjacent to yep. Mandalay Bay and across the freeway. The only casinos Royce and I know that are worth going to <laughs> are downtown. That's right, that's Eddie. Right. I was just going to say, let you and I go out next year and we'll walk up at the Union Plaza. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the living is, my boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring your own maybe ping pong can, balls. Maybe we could get maybe we could get the AC to drive around. Some of his close personal friends. <laughs> there was a place my father in law would always recommend that I go when I covered stuff in Vegas. It was downtown and it was a great he always touted the meal there. You could get a great meal. If I heard the oh, name yeah. of the place, I'd know it. But well, I can't. See, downtown, you can still get like the five dollars. Yeah, that's right. What, that's I think what appealed to him. Out on, out on the strip now, it's uh, you know big high price stuff. Well, it's become a food be. town now. Yes, never used to be. Uh, downtown is, is still the old thing. I, I think the good place for that steak was Sizzler City. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it was part of a casino. It was a downtown okay. casino. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, they have uh, they have crab legs that look like they came off crazy. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than going through the all you can eat buffet with a heater hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> that is America. Well, maybe it was the uh, the great buffet place that George Brett was citing uh, that he went no, to. No, <laughs> wasn't that no, place? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, uh, is it, the Sahara's got to be long gone, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that was my favorite though. The old gals in there with the his cigarettes. They were forty-five, but they looked ninety sitting there playing the penny slots. Man, that was fantastic. That was quite a crew, man. They were. They never. They wouldn't look up, man. They could have. They could have told them there was a bomb threat. They would have kept putting those slots. In the penny you know, slots, man. having recently been there a couple of weeks ago, the slot mm-hmm. machines are no longer just. These one-armed bandits with these three wheels that show seven, seven, seven—they are complete no, yeah, productions. 
Yeah, they're complete. One was the Wizard of Oz where the munchkins are coming out. You have to watch a show, and you're so confused. I didn't know what to look at. I didn't play it, but... People were experts down there. There's not enough desperation in these new casinos. That's no, what I miss. Utter <laughs> desperation. That is, that is, you know, the guy who, uh, you know, as I said, you know, I used to like the guy, you know, you'd, you'd be like in a, the Las Vegas Hilton sports book. I used to hang out there. And then yeah. Then you'd see some guys make some big bets or something, and then like an hour later, you'd see them out laying by the uh, garbage, uh, like the big yep. the garbage. The desperation is when you're smoking the heater through a hole in your throat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's right. oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I had it to do over again, I was I would have interviewed the guy. And asked him yeah. about his history. And so I could have gotten a column out of that. Say your so, volleyball team didn't make right. it. Huh? You, got the, you got the plastic hair, and you got the cigarette <laughs> through the hole. Like, well, what do you What do you think? How long you got here? <laughs> What's coming up on the right? Your volleyball team didn't make it, huh? They were overmatched. Yeah. And, uh, Catherine Plummer is a, now she won't win it this year probably because she uh, was injured for eight or nine weeks. The Stanford kid, the six foot six kid, but she's been the national player of the year two years in a row. And there was one sequence in the third, second set, I guess, when they still had a chance. Maybe the third set. She went up, hammered it. They blocked it right. And two gophers blocked it right in her face, basically. She hammered it right back at him. They blocked it again, and finally, she just hammered it past through him and out onto them. She's just, uh, she's. Uh, I don't know enough about volleyball history, but I don't think there's been that many two-time national players of the year going into their senior year. But I've, I've watched a kid play uh, at the high school level in Illinois. Uh, male volleyball in Illinois, one yes. of the few states that has it. And uh, honest to God, I, I had my eyes really open to what an incredibly oh, fast and violent game that can be. It's just amazing. That oh, ball's coming at you at 150 miles yeah. an hour. It is the men's game, which we don't get to see. I mean, the women's game is fantastic. Right. It's the men's game, I'll never forget, 92, I was out in L.A. doing a bunch of pre... That's when we did a bunch of pre-Olympic stuff, and I'd spent some time at Oscar De La Hoya's and places like that. But I went down to... Uh, they had a... In Balboa Park, they had the USA Volleyball Olympic teams practicing, and the U.S. had a... Minnesota had a woman. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, the men were practicing. It was about 105 degrees in this place. They all had none of them had their shirts on, you know, and all these guys were just bulging arms and little flat bellies and muscles rippling everywhere. And they had about a two hour practice and they damn near killed each other. Yep. They were yeah. rolling the ball and these guys were teammates. Right. Right. <laughs> it was it is fantastic. It's a hell of a game. Are you gonna be at the game Monday night? You know, I don't think so. You know, right. They got TV. They got this thing called TV. TV's pretty good, <laughs> isn't it? TV, yeah. 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 All right. Well, but, let's talk uh, to you. We'll talk to you. Okay. Um, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll see you Monday. We'll we'll build it up Monday. Uh, we will. All right. Thank you. Dueling we'll, carols on Monday. Yeah, we'll have dueling carols. Okay. Let's uh, come back with Johnny Height. Today is Friday. T G T I Friday. It's the 
Getting your tree, Olson. And we talked about how we lost Tony to a, one of the best morning shows that this market has ever seen. I don't know if we can yet. Okay. Did they bring back the Jesse Ventura show? <laughs> no. <laughs> Time uh, to get him, John. I don't. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know if we're allowed yeah, to or not. We but uh, we really miss Tony. He was They're brilliant. talking about it on their show. Oh, oh the, were oh, they? they? Yeah. Oh, oh then yeah. I guess we can. Okay, so Tony went back, back to back uh, to KQ, back to Tom Bernard's show, yeah. and. Uh, they scored because Tony's yeah, amazing. Tony's pretty good. Uh, ben is coming home at three thirty. We're going to go get a tree today. Uh, yesterday, I did not drive by the two frats. I promised. I went home and went to bed. Uh, but I will today. I'm going to do a little recon work. I'm going to reconnoiter, uh, and we'll find a frats and buy a tree. Which one are you, Lake? Lake yeah, Street? yeah. But there's also the guys clued me in. There's one over uh, over here somewhere in St. Paul, really close. Right. Yeah. Well, which tree lot were you, Fred Ohlone tree lot were you talking about? I always about? go Search. to the Grand and Dale, Dale store. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's close enough. Well, there's also. Uh, uh, d- does Frats own the one at McAllister campus? Yes, they do. Okay. It's, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they, they sell trees. Yeah, they sell some garland and wreath. No, but gr- I can do Grand and Dale. That's close enough. Yeah. Um, it warms my heart that you do family things and that the Fred Ohlone family <laughs> brings you together, Kenny. That's <laughs> just joyous. With love. <laughs> love. Hey, With are love. any of us making a Grunhofer's run this weekend? You know what I've lo- learned yesterday? Oh, what? Oh, no. Did you make a run? No, you even guys. worse. Um, Jeff, the sales guy, yeah. had to go out and talk to Spencer. Yeah. And I was the only one that Fail. was still here. What a oh. jerk. And he just texted us. He said, I know Joe's rule. Does the does the show need anything? I said, yes. I'll take a meatloaf. Oh, my wow. God. I forgot to text you guys. Wow. Well, Spencer just added beef brisket, too, and uh, choice bone-in oh and boneless prime rib roast, double smoked hams, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops, and roast pickled herring. Here's the best part. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, north end of Hugo on Highway 61. They'll put together a gift box for you. Call them at 651-426-2800. Think of what you could have put in that gift box. I only want yeah. it if on the side it says Box O Meat. Box O Meat. Box O Meat. Pastrami, smoked yes. salmon, cheeses. Don't switch. What's your problem? Chases. Oh, chases. <laughs> they got chases. And they've got uh, the jerky. Uh, when you get the gift box, you just open it and you steal the jerky part. And then you give the rest to whoever you're going to give the gift to. But it w- really would be a great, great gift as you enter this Christmas week or holiday week. It's <laughs> Christmas and Hanukkah. And, and don't forget 130 different flavors of pork brats. That's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. I'm going to give you the number once more to put together your gift box. 651-426-2800. See you at Grunhofer's. Here's John Height. Um, really quick, along those same lines, um, you know, I, I, I like to know that I, I'm, I'm giving you guys things. I'm always thinking of my of my guys. Sure, you are. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're propping us up. Last what, night Danny? on the highly rated beer show, um, we had the the guys from 22 Northmen Brewing up in Kenny's neck of the woods in Alexandria. Yeah, they're huge fans of GL. So they brought some glassware that you you guys each get a mug. It's a nice mug. Yeah, and then uh, they brought some other stickers and whatnot. And um, to I tried to part. take your gloves. I thought they brought those. No, they weren't. Get to the yeah. beer part. They brought some really good uh, growlers of, um, of... Oh, I'm looking forward to drinking. Right. Oh, I have two. Well, I'm sure. sure. Nice. I'm I sure. have two. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Northern, you Pro- say? Problem is, they're, they're both in my 
garage fridge. So yeah, one nice. of them was really the, good. Uh, you know, along with the elf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You know what you can do with that elf. <laughs> but those guys are really cool. I was re- that oh, was that nice. was a lot of fun. So uh, I've got to stop in. Yeah, they mentioned you specifically. Tell Where us, is it? Uh, Alexandria. Oh boy. But oh. they're big fans of Garage Logic. We'll swing by next yeah. time. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, before I get to news, I want to tell you guys I found some more info. You talked about Nestor Shylock yeah. and uh, Ralph Houck. Yeah. This is really interesting. Nestor, who became a very famous umpire, right. earned the Civil Star and the Purple Heart because wow. he had shrapnel injuries that actually blinded him. Wow. For no couple... wonder he was a lousy umpire. Well, that, I was going to say, for a couple <laughs> of weeks, then he regained his vision. And I thought to myself, how many guys in the field That's were amazing. saying, hey, Shylock, hey, you ever going to hey, get your vision hey, back? Hey, Cyclops. Hey, Cy, how you doing? So then apparently Angel Hernandez also was in the war. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Houck. Wounded at the uh, in the calf at Willebeek, Germany, during the Battle of the Bulge, immediately had the injury bandaged and returned to combat, insisting he had to. Let me tell you something: we don't know badass. No, we've never yep. led a badass life. No. Nope. His uh, his commanding officer said at one point uh, they thought he was AWOL. He was actually behind enemy lines. He came back with a hole in one side of his helmet. A hole in the other where the bullet went out. When I told him about his helmet, he said, "Oh, geez, I thought I heard a ricochet." Uh, and then wow. another time he Jeez. went behind enemy lines, came back with nine prisoners of war in April, April of 1945. How did he walk with that brass pair hanging hey, right oh, there? April 45, that's right. Right at the end of yeah, the war, yeah. yeah. Uh, he received, Hauk received the Purple Heart, the Silver Star, the Bronze Star with Oak Leaf Cluster, four campaign stars and clusters during his service in Europe. Can you imagine Souchere being Sheesh. an officer? Where the hell you been? Jesus, been looking all over for you. Guy shows up with nine prisoners. (laughs) You brought back more mouths to feed? Uh, Speaking of, let's do one sports note, too, since we're talking sports guys. Twins, because I'm getting really anxious for baseball. Well, it'll be a while yet, John. Yeah, I know. But this week they did uh, a couple of signings. Uh, Sergio Romo, which we already knew was coming back. Uh, the uh, veteran right-handed reliever, he's coming back. And now the Twins have signed another veteran righty, Tyler Clippard. Oh, boy, is it 2015? Clippard, well, he had a pretty good year last year. 290 ERA, 2.90, uh, 64 uh-huh. strikeouts in 62 innings last year for the Indians in 53 games. So, uh, okay. you know, okay. well, maybe maybe he'll help out. That's, a, that's respectable. Clippard, uh, he's, he's been a good pitcher, mm-hmm. but he's, he's been a better pitcher in the past, let's uh-huh. put it that way. Uh, in news, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman announcing Friday his office will not prosecute a pair of University of Minnesota wrestlers accused of criminal sexual conduct. The two wrestlers had been arrested in June by Minneapolis police. They were not charged, though, after the arrest. On Friday morning, Freeman said sexual assault crimes, well as most criminal cases, must meet the standard of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. There are often conflicting versions of what happened, and this case is no exception. In the interest of justice, there is inadequate evidence to fairly charge and prosecute the case. The auction of U.S. Bank Stadium's excess concessions equipment brought $45,000 back to the operation, according to officials. They announced that Friday morning. Uh, The purchases were made by 106 individual bidders. The money will go into concessions' capital reserve fund for future needs. Uh, They sold, let's see, 540 lots with hot dog rollers, industrial mixers, blenders, cocktail shakers, bar mats, and a meat slicer. The equipment I'd had, go for a hot dog roller. That'd be kind of cool. That meat slicer had almost no bids on it, too. You could have really? got that for next to nothing. Really? Yeah. The equipment had to go because it was not being used. Who and was, was selling this? The uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, it's, these aren't collector's items. Yeah, some of them are logoed. Yeah, some of them have Vikings logos oh, on them. All right. 
The equipment had to go because it was not being used and was taking up limited storage space at the stadium. Uh, Joe, uh, you remember when you put the hot water on your windshield? Yep. Didn't work out for you? Nope. Uh, You may have just been ahead of your time. Mm -hmm. The Vizio wiper system takes the idea of heated washer jets and builds on them, and now it's getting a debut in the new Lincoln Aviator. Really? Yeah. Not in the 05 Aviator. I was going to say, I could have used that. Not the 05, (laughs) no. The main thing that sets the Vizio wiper apart from other systems is, is that the wiper blade itself has a heating element on it. It also dispenses heated fluid through nozzles integrated into the blade. The system is especially cool because unlike a regular vehicle that can take as long as 15 minutes to warm up and start blowing hot air from the defroster, the Vizio wiper gets cooking to 86 degrees Fahrenheit in about four minutes. And we're not cracking windshields, huh? We're not uh, cracking windshields. That that, that what happened to yours, Joe? Yeah. yeah. Being cracked? Well, when you throw a pail of boiling water on the windshield, <laughs> then you can hear the metal contract. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea. Am, I, am I the only one that would be worried to do that if it was 20, 30 below? Uh, 80, 30 below with 86 degree water? All right. I think well, they've probably... Mean, I think, yeah. Unlike me, they probably tested it. Gotcha. And, and it's yeah. not a bucket of right. water right. like Joe It's not an old is. Kemp's bucket. But there is something to be said. A stream of 86 degree water on a 30 below know. windshield. I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys scared. seen the look of that new? Because the aviator's coming back in yeah. 2020. Yeah. That's not. a cool looking vehicle. Yeah. I'm not... We found out this week uh, the far side is coming back. Yay! Sort yeah, I didn't know that. Sort of. Yeah. We sort waited of. and waited. Right. <laughs> the single panel comic, which ran until uh, Gary Larson, 69, retired back in 1995, Jeez. featured men, women, children. That long ago? Yep. Wow. Wow. Yep. Uh, what's going to happen is uh, he, he's had a website for many years but never put anything on it. Yeah. Uh, now they're going to put some old materials on there, some old cartoons. Uh, they're also going to, he said, there'll be once in a while, there'll be some new things on there. So it's not going to be the truth. Oh, I can't find fire. him in the paper then. No, you cannot find him in the paper. Uh, after stepping away from his uh, daily deadline 24 years ago, Larson said he rarely drew except for Christmas cards. And he said even that wasn't easy. He said it turned into an annual pain because I seem to always be dealing with clogged pens, dried up markers, and something else related to lack of use. That changed, he said, when he started using a digital tablet. He said, lo and behold, within moments, I found myself having fun. She was. Sounds like a tough life being a... You know why he retired, retired don't you? I don't. He ran out of funny. He No, he uh, wanted, and he did, apparently, for 10 years or so, dedicated his life because he wanted to be a world-class jazz guitarist. Is he? He said, I don't know. I've oh. never heard him play, but he studied with major guys for, really? for 10 years. I can so hear him now. Playing guitar hero is <laughs> probably pretty good, I would guess, because the guys he studied with are all, you know. Well, because he has are. money. That's why he started. Well, of course. Them. Of course. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. I, I, I'll bet just the money off of his calendars. Maybe stuff, you could maybe. interview him for the Fret Club. That would be a great uh, interview. That's not a bad idea. That's a oh, great sorry. idea. Can, can Joe and I help? We'd like to sit in. Remember that one time you did that cartoon? Bought the dogs, and he, and he said, stay, stay. And, and the deer were driving the car, and the people were crossing the road. <laughs> Stop getting into the trash, Ginger. I don't want you in the trash, Ginger. Remember that time the deer were in the forest, and, and, and one of them looked at his watch and said, come on, it's time to go stand in the middle of the road? That was a good one. <laughs> remember the cows? Remember the, yes. remember the cows? Dinosaurs extinction. Yeah, that was about extinction. School for the gifted. That's a good one. That's the best. Push pull. That's him. 
That's him trying oh, yeah. to Joe trying to get in and out of the studio every day. Uh, Rook, the GL store. Where can I find no, that? Listen to this. So I, I wanted to know if they had changed the wording on the satinless steel um, crabby coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. So I go onto the GL website and I cannot find mention of the GL store anyway. I look under contact. What? Episodes, features, newsletters, more podcasts. I but, scroll down. No, I see. But, I can listen to yesterday's but, show but, and the day before, day before, and then finally I give up and I'm sitting here spaced out. And then I see a big giant banner <laughs> right. that be says, more visible. "Shop today just launched." GL store. You missed that. It was right in front of me. It's when old people use computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I That's, think it's on what GarageLogic.com. That's uh, where I'm yeah. at. All yeah. you got to do is go to GarageLogic.com. And also, uh, just a quick, I'm going to be out at the Minnesotan. If you are worried about not getting your gear uh, from the Garage Logic site, you want a little alternative, you can also go to the Minnesotan. I'll be out there on Saturday from 1 to 3, serving up some cocktails and some Tom and Jerry's. Stop by and say hello. Cunnis and Eddie's going to be there from 1 to 4. It's in downtown White Bear Lake. It's called the Minnesotan online at theminnesotan.com. See you Saturday. And Kenny, like me, she says she doesn't want anything, which means I better get myself to a <laughs> Moeller's jewelry store. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, when they say they don't want something, eh, I don't know about that. Which one of the three locations? Well, they're at 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, and in Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. They're the best. I invite you to check out garagelogic.com for future podcasts. The next podcast will be Monday, December 23rd, the Rookie Birthday Podcast. And I can't <laughs> wait to see what's what's in store for the Rookie 1323rd Podcast. You got it there, boss? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. We may have to cancel your birthday. All right. See, I, I, I made it. Mary Adele, I made it through without saying we may have to cancel Christmas in that voice. I'll see you. Goodbye. We may have to cancel Christmas! <laughs>